Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast. An exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back. We are episode number 32. Thank you for joining us. This is the second episode of the new year. And we're so excited. And so, so excited. where did we leave off? We were on chapter five, text number 15. And you want to yes. give us a quick recap of where yeah. we are. Totally. So for, we kind of started at uh, last episode, we started at text 13. And we were talking about how we can get so caught up in our identities um, that we forget sort of the big picture, right? right. And, and so as we got further into the chapter, uh, we talked about how the Lord, we, we have free will. And mm-hmm. with that free will, we can do anything, right? And and God, Krishna, is not going to... He's going to just let us do what we need to do kind mm-hmm. of thing. And he's not responsible for our actions, mm-hmm. right? He's not going to dictate our behavior. He's not going to dictate mm-hmm. our behavior. He does definitely wants us to be the best versions of ourselves. And he wants us to experience the things that we need to experience to understand the big picture and kind of be like, oh, I get this. I just want to like be a devotee and be happy and like all that, right? And so on chapter, uh, sorry, text 15, we were talking about the different um, sort of things that came in the purport, right? So we right. started off, Shamli. Yeah, there were basically four themes that came up in the purport. Number one, as Priya said, desires. So we have these desires, we have free will. So we're going to kind of follow our desires and get into whatever situation uh, we need to go through the consequences because of our actions, because of the desires. There was a nice line that... Uh, because we have the capacity to desire by our free will. So basically it's a cycle that with our free will, we're going to do actions. Those actions have reactions and, you know, we want to get out of that rat race. Desires. Right. We want to have a croissant, croissant every morning. <laughs> That's a great and, and example, Sean. Yeah. A croissant, uh, croissant every morning and then we do the desires to make it happen. Right. And then that creates... Karma. Uh, it creates karma, yes. right? So we, we start the actions and reactions of this life. So yes, sure. Yeah, because we were talking about last episode about how it doesn't have to be like, oh, I got drunk and then my life got ruined. It doesn't have to be like the, a negative thing per se. It could be like we made a choice to eat three croissants a day, 10 croissants a day, yeah. whatever it With might be. With lots of butter. Yeah. With lots of butter. Why am I always feeling lethargic? Why, exactly. God, why? Why did you do this to me? <laughs> right, right. So it doesn't work that way. We, with our free will, you know, chose to do that. Right. So Next theme one. two. God is not responsible for that. The Lord allows us to fulfill our desires. We have free will. He's not a controlling, possessive God. So he's not going to make us love him, make mm-hmm. us do good things. It's it's up to us to, you know, do the meditation, do the things that will bring us closer to him. Right. Theme, and then, sorry, yeah, go theme ahead. three is... Theme three uh, is that he understands, though, our desires. There was a beautiful thing, just like uh, someone smelling a rose... Uh, wait, wait, I'm butchering that. What was, what was the beautiful thing? Oh, there One was can a, smell the fragrance of a flower by being near it. Right, right. Mm, so that. he understands and he's sympathetic, but at the same time, he can't interfere with our free will. That's kind of just one of the laws of this material world. We're living entities, we're individuals, we have free will. So, yeah, but if we do t- uh, desire to be with Krishna, mm-hmm. then he takes special care yeah. and he puts it in such a way where we can attain him and be eternally happy. Right, right. So that so. was theme three. And theme four is is our current situation. So basically us, the embodied soul has had, has had an in, has had an immemorial desire to avoid Krishna consciousness. And this causes our own bewilderment. So what does that even mean? How would you explain it? You guys, if someone says I'm trying to avoid Krishna or avoid God, how, what, what does that mean to you? 
we've had this desire, this desire to not grow spiritually mm. because we've had, we've been riddled with desire. And that makes us go crazy in this world, right? It makes us anxious. It makes us depressed. It makes us feel all of these emotions. It Because we are kind of driving away from the nature of our soul and growing spiritually, it causes more headaches for us. Exactly. You know and I mean? like how you said the nature of our soul, because here it says the nature of our soul is we're constitutionally eternal, blissful, cognizant, but to, due to the littleness of our existence, we just forget what's our constitutional position. And that is to serve the Lord. We're servants of the Lord. And we're entrapped by this ignorance that we think I'm just a body. Mm -hmm. I got to serve my body. <laughs> I got to eat, mate, sleep and defend. And that's it. And under the spell of ignorance, we think that the Lord then is responsible for our conditional existence. Now, how would you guys define, putting you on the hotspot, what is conditional existence? Based on the actions that we do, uh -huh. we either continue having this existence in this material world or we don't, right? right Feeling right. the reactions, the good karma. and bad. Yeah. And yeah. we're conditioned. We're trapped. We're not, it's not a free, happy existence yes. where we're connected to our source. We're trapped in this existence. So yeah. we think out of this ignorance, we think the Lord is responsible. It's like, man, I'm so lethargic from the hundreds of croissants I ate today. God, why? So <laughs> sometimes it ignorance. can even be like, oh, why did you do this to me? Yes. Right. Or right? right. And then that's where we're trying to have a conversation also about. We left off on the. So sorry. Yeah, no. We're going to go we, there? Yeah, we, we left off on the cliff, cliffhanger of why do bad things happen to good people? Exactly. And um, I was telling Shamali earlier that I had a conversation with my cousin once. And he he and I were both raised in Venezuela in a very conservative country where everyone's Catholic. Mm -hmm. And uh, our grandparents are like strong followers. And he was more raised with my grandmother, like taking him to church and everything like that. And uh, as he got older, he became a doctor, actually. He's a doctor. And he said to me one day, he's like, now that I am a doctor, I don't know if I mm. can believe in God because mm. how is it possible that someone would allow for children to die or suffer in this way? Right? Right. Like, like this, I would say this probably can't be real, right? Like, mm. how can someone who's supposed to be your everything, all the goodness, all the stuff, how can that they allow for, you children know, for to children to die. That, that right. was a very specific, you know? And so. Right. So I had a thought about that, that I always, cause you know, what your cousin questions, I think is a very universal common thing. How can God let bad things happen to good people, to children? So one thing I like to think of, or I mean, I don't like to think of, but one answer is that let's, let's go to an extreme situation. Like for example, Hitler, someone that everyone can agree, right, has done pretty awful yes. things universally, like right. bad, bad, bad. No gray area about that. Very bad. So let's say, okay, Hitler dies. His soul, we believe in reincarnation as a premise, right? So his yeah. soul reincarnates into his next life. He's a child born and all these bad things start happening to this child. One might start, if I'm only focused on this micro portion of this child's existence, I might think, why is this innocent little child going through such dreadful circumstances and, and paying off all this bad karma? What's happening? Well, they wouldn't be thinking paying off the bad karma, but they might be questioning, <laughs> right. why are bad things happening to this little kid? He's an innocent being. He's an innocent soul. But we don't know when we accept we have a soul that's been through thousands and billions of lives. We don't know the trajectory where the soul has been coming from. So when we look at a bigger perspective than just this one little life, then our soul has been places, has done things that we might not even remember. And I think one might be even more upset to hear, well, Hitler got off easy and didn't have to pay for any of the bad things he did. Then that child that was Hitler in his past life had to suffer to pay mm -hmm. off for his yeah. Yeah. situation. According to, to 
to bhakti yoga philosophy, like we don't believe that just like Hitler can just get off easy, right. right? Or someone who's a serial killer who's killed so many people and he gets sent to death row and it's like, oh, that person just got off easy, right? According to this philosophy of reincarnation is like, we always have to pay for the good and bad stuff, right? It's like and the it, basic, what for every action, there's an opposite and equal yeah, reaction. of law of physics, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all it is, right? Everything has to balance out at some point or another, right? And so I always give this example of like, why is child, like a child born in, in the South Sudan to parents who mm. were killed in a war? And why is someone born to Kim Kardashian, right? right? It's like, you look at this and on the, on the material plane, you're like, this is awful. Like, mm-hmm. why would God put these two children in this type of situation? Right. But it's, it's all just without, karma. Right. Without the philosophy, you might think, well, nothing makes sense. Everything is unfair in life yes. and just don't get it. Yeah. It's all mysterious. And for us also, like the perspective is that children are tender. They're, they're, they're developing. They're yeah. innocent. They're all these wonderful, beautiful mm-hmm. things, which they are. And, and the background is, but how many lives, right? Like yeah. I can also like in a lighthearted way, you can say, have you ever met a old soul? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, when you've met an old soul, it's like that person could be three, five, 10 years younger than you. And they're like, yes, I like to knit and, and think meditate. about philosophy yeah. and, right. you know, whatever yeah. it might be. And, and it's really right. interesting because it's the reality of our existence that I might be 30 years old right now, but I, I who knows how many lifetimes I've lived right i feel like you're a lot older than 30 just just in your wisdom (laughs) not in your face but in your wisdom (laughs) well that's thank you that's gracious of you i don't know about that but um yeah so i think that that's a bit of a perspective right why bad things happen to good people yeah Mm -hmm. and it's not that god wants us to suffer he doesn't want anyone to suffer but he also doesn't want us to do bad things because then we're gonna have to get the reaction for that so he also doesn't want to control us right Right, because it's like what what do you gain by controlling someone other than that person just hating you wanting to rebel like what is how does that work so you know bhakti yoga really is a radical form of responsibility i am gonna get exactly what i deserve i am literally paving the next steps of my lives in this life and the future ones and that's so hard to hear Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it really is living a really difficult experience to think that you deserve something is really harsh and so so we have to remember that it, it, like, how, how do we cope with that, right? Like, how does, right. I'm a question for you guys. Like, how mm-hmm. does someone who's maybe listening to this podcast, who's having a really difficult time, something, imagine mm. something really serious. Like, how can they hear this and right. not just blame themselves for this yeah. particular mm-hmm. reality? Because it it isn't just them, right? So, like, what is it something that they can hold think, on to? Yeah. Two I, things yeah, come to ahead. mind. Do you want to go no, ahead? No, 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 go first. Okay, number one. Number one is like, okay, doesn't mean we're not compassionate because I think I've had experiences, not just to myself, but you hear like people who are new to this philosophy might take it really hardcore and they see someone going through a bad situation might be like, well, it's your karma. Just like no sympathy. No and sympathy that's, at all. That's not the point. People who are very elevated in this philosophy are still very sympathetic, compassionate, empathetic, compassionate. Yes. They get we're struggling souls in this material ocean and we're we're trying our best and they get it and they're, yeah, they can feel bad for what someone is going through. Doesn't mean it takes away compassion. Um, and the second point I was going to say was at the same time, also, if you're going through a difficult situation, you know, 
in your spiritual path, there's nothing bad that can happen to you. Because if it's good, great, you're going through a good situation. And if it's bad, it can teach you. It might be bad for your body, but we've talked about this before. If it's is it if it's helping you grow and evolve and helping your soul get to a deeper place on your spiritual path, is that seemingly bad thing really bad? Or is it good ultimately down the line, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, if someone's going through something. What does Shamali do? Like if so- Shamali is going through a particularly hard bump in the road, what well, what helps you? Right. I've talked about this before with the whole, uh, you know, I broke my back and the accident and not that I would ever choose to repeat that. And mm-hmm. if I knew about it beforehand, I would have obviously avoided it because I'm always in pain. Like mm-hmm. to this very second, it hurts to sit down. I feel my back compressing. I have the back of an 80 year old woman for mm-hmm. real. But at the same time, it pushed me to a lot of realizations on my spiritual path. Mm-hmm. Like I can take a lot of lessons from it that, okay, physically, it, it was it's horrible, yeah. but internally it made me grow a lot. So I can guarantee anyone who's going through a difficult situation, depending on your perspective and how you choose to handle it, it can be the most, the catalyst for the most growth that you'll ever yeah. have. Yes. It's I, it, For me, it's still like I'm thinking about it in this particular scenario keeps coming to mind. And Which I don't one? know that I have an answer, but someone who is uh, assaulted or someone who has an mm. abusive partner or something like that. I would hate for that person to think like, this is my fault and I deserve it because that's already Mm. a problem in a situation like that. Right. Right. So like, I was just trying to figure out like, you know, I don't ever want someone to hear this and think, oh, well, I just deserve this. And then keep in that horrible cycle of that. Right. Because I, I, I can't imagine Mm -hmm. that. So I was trying to figure out like, what could we say? Of course, it's a lesson like, okay, get out of that cycle. Right. And try to get out, grow, become better. I think that's, that, that's right. But an, how do you cope with understanding karma and being in that experience? Mm-hmm. So, so I think safety is important first, right? Getting right. out of that situation 100%. But also reflecting on like, okay, how can I help other people? If mm-hmm. if I believe in karma and this was happening to me for a reason, it's like, how can I help other people in this situation to do it as well? And I think... I know that's hard to think of when you're already just struggling in your own life, but it's like, I always come back to Vedic astrology because that's, I love (laughs) Vedic astrology so much. And it's like, if I think about it from my perspective, it comes down to lessons, but it's like, how can I use this to grow spiritually? Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah. And that's an important point. Sorry, did I? Yeah, no, no, go ahead. Priya, an important point you brought up, just backtracking a second. This does not mean, and I and I think it's good you brought it up, no one should interpret this to be like, okay, I deserve this, so I'm going to stay here. Mm. Of course not, because that would be bad in so many angles for yourself, for your growth, from a, purely just from a spiritual perspective, staying in that situation is not going to help you either because you're not going to be able to focus on any yeah. form of spiritual growth. You're going to be suffering and that's... and. <laughs> Yeah, that's not good in any way. What this philosophy is preaching is not to like, okay, if you're in a bad situation, stay there because you deserve it. That's not it. Like if something happened already in the past that was out of your control, okay, maybe there was a reason for that, but always try to better your situation and change so that you can be in a peaceful setting where you have the capacity and the facility to grow and evolve and in a peaceful way, not that you're putting yourself purposefully through torture. Yeah, I also think that maybe, and this is helpful, like hearing you guys' opinions and thoughts on this. And I also think that there maybe is an aspect of 
okay, maybe I did something in my past life that created this horrible experience for me. But now that I've experienced it, I can get out of it. And yeah, I don't have yeah. to experience this again. And I also don't have to create this experience for anyone else. Right. Absolutely, right? right? So like learning from that experience and saying, I don't have to say in this, I've I've come up, sorry, I switched to Spanish for, us, for one word. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, for example, someone maybe who goes to jail, right? They're like, being like, okay, I served and now I hopefully can try to live my life and kind of move forward. Not to say, I don't know if that makes sense, but sort of the idea that, okay, unfortunately that had to happen for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And now how do I move forward with my life and how do I make sure that I don't continue the cycle with anyone else? Uh -huh. And how do I ensure that I grow and I become a better person myself? Mm -hmm. right. Does that make that's sense? Optimal. No, totally. That's, that's the optimal situation, yeah. 100%. I think a lot of times what happens in a practical level is like we go through severe trauma after yeah. that happens and we oh. think, why me? And we go through all of those exactly. things. But the bhakti yoga solution is like, what are the lessons that Krishna is trying to teach me here, uh -huh. right? And how can I grow and how can I help exactly. other people? That mm -hmm. is the more beneficial, practical, sometimes the hardest thing to do. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes it takes surrender, right? It takes yes. like saying, okay, let me, and may, whether you, how, however close you are to your spiritual path, maybe go to the temple or the people who you trust who are in, in the movement and just pray with them. Whatever, whatever move that takes, right? To surrender mm -hmm. and say like, Krishna, please help me in this difficulty mm -hmm. and kind right. of go from there, yeah? yeah? And what came to mind when you were speaking also, both of you, is um, something my dad would always tell me that we've heard pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. So suffering can be in a physical situation or mental. Mentally. So mm. we might choose to stay in a situation that's toxic and bad and that we're, we're then, okay, we need to get out. Mm -hmm. And it can also be mental because you can hold on to thoughts and hold on to resentment. And mm -hmm. we're prolonging, yeah. okay, the event happened. Now try to move forwards in a positive way that can benefit your growth rather than staying stuck in that mm -hmm. rut. And I can totally feel like, I mean, I know for myself, I I like to overthink things and analyze things and I like it to be perfectly wrapped up in a bow. So I might stay on a thought or on a concept way longer than I need to and cause my own web of suffering. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people can relate to being in either physical or mental ruts and right. we prolong our suffering. <clears throat> so through this, it's definitely, um, even though everything we go through is ultimately our own doing, mm. good or bad, you know, but we don't have to stay in a bad situation if it's just because, okay, I deserve this, it's my yeah. karma. Yeah, and it's easier said than done. Yeah. So it's a matter of, you know, if you're already listening to the pot, this podcast and you already had a difficult experience, you're already making headway into your future being a much better situation, right? You're already working on like how to become the best person that I can be. How do I learn how this world works and like what my role is in it? You're already doing all the things. So if you're listening, yeah. you're yep. already working on that. And like I said, this is, a, this is a path that takes many years to master because we're just practicing these things mm -hmm. over and over again until we develop these good habits for ourselves, for so we don't have to come back and live another life again. Yeah, right. right and Shelly, right. I just want to give a kudos to you because we we were in that car accident a couple mm -hmm. of years ago. I remember April 6, thousand nineteen. I remember mm -hmm. it like it was yesterday. And like you were the embodiment of like understanding that you mm -hmm. know pain is pain is what did you say pain is something <laughs> suffering is optional. Pain, pain is, is inevitable. inevitable. Suffering is optional. And like it, it's honestly the amount of spiritual growth that I've seen you go through is mm -hmm. just so admirable. And so you were like you understand this philosophy through and through because I know there's pain in your body, right? But like, you've never complained about it. You've never, like, you've always found the spiritual side of things. So kudos oh, to so you, Shelly. <laughs> it's Thank true you. though. It's true. So kudos. Yeah. This philosophy is so beautiful because I think we can all think of 
I don't know, times in our lives that have been difficult. And what would we do without this philosophy? It's mm, the, yep. the backbone to how we Oof. handle so many things. So, so every many. adversity that comes up, go back to the philosophy. It's like the building steps for growth, you know? Even little adversity. Like I yeah. got to say, like there's moments where I just felt really lonely. And just the act of connecting to Krishna in whatever capacity, whether it was like going on a walk, grabbing a flower and offering it, mm -hmm. right. just made me feel better. Or right. hearing kirtan. Like there's some, even if it's a small level, you know, thing that you're feeling, it's incredible how impactful Krishna consciousness can right. be mm -hmm. and Krishna can be in your life. Right. And even thinking to like, I don't know, I work at a Catholic school and the school, the principal was talking recently about a tragedy that had happened in our community. And I was just thinking, yeah, so grateful for the philosophy and the answers it provides because she was saying, we have no idea why bad things happen to good people. Mm. And it was like, I could feel such doubt and almost like their faith was being rocked and tested. Mm, and I thought, wow, I mean, I grieved for the family that was going through this situation and I felt my heart went out to them. And I, you know, like we said, doesn't take away from the compassion, but it didn't rock my faith and it didn't make me think, God, how could you? And right. all these things that I could see everyone in the faculty going mm. through, I just felt Oof. like, wow, I really, I'm grateful for this philosophy. And if anything, this philosophy brings even more compassion because we get on a big scale, everything that this soul has been going through. You know yeah. what I mean? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, oftentimes real. I hear people who come into Krishna consciousness and they'll say like, oh, I had so many questions before and no one else could answer them. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. A lot of that comes in. And I always think like, huh, I wonder what questions. And I think part of that is that mm -hmm. I've grown up with this. So for yeah. me, it's like, oh, why do bad things happen to good people? I mean, yeah. Like what karma. Do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> it just like makes sense to us. Yeah. Right. And, and I didn't grow up with this philosophy. So mm -hmm. I had a lot of, I, a lot of growing up, I like tried so many different, uh, religions. I read a whole bunch of different things. I was an atheist for a little bit. Like I had so mm. many questions because I, it was about this, like the, our producer said the, the problem of evil, right? It's like, why does all this stuff happen? What happens or when we die? Is that what it's called? The problem of evil? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like my questions were things like, why do bad things happen? But also like, what are we supposed to do? What is mm. the point of this? What happens when we die? Do we get buried underground and that's it? And we get one shot at this or do what, what happens when it comes back? And, and like yeah. that was the last thing you said, do we get one shot at this? Also another answer found in the Bhagavad Gita, but I always kept thinking like, how can you possibly believe you get one shot at this? Oof. And that is so unfair. That paints an image of a super unfair mm. God and yes. an unfair system set that's it's, set up because like yeah. someone who's fighting to put food on the table for their family in a third world country, how are they going to have the same opportunity to dedicate to their spiritual growth than someone who has all their needs met. Like, yeah. you don't just get one life. Are you yes. kidding me? Yeah. YOLO, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Anything else, guys? Because we well, haven't even started. I know. That's <laughs> so yeah. funny. Yeah. Started to, to, wrap, to wrap up yeah. text 15, basically. That was an important pit stop. We, have, very important. we have free will. Yeah. Krishna is not responsible for our actions or reactions. And yeah. so, therefore, we have to live some of these experiences because we have desires and and it's up to us to take up Krishna consciousness and sort of change our lives. And to shift that into a positive thing, how I was saying it's a radical view of responsibility. So to make it positive, you are you can have the power in your hand to literally create your future life ahead of you. It's not just the negative things that happen to us. So make the change now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it kind of brings us exactly to the, to the verse mm -hmm. we're reading. Chapter five, text number 16. Priya. All right. When, however, one is enlightened with the knowledge by which nations is destroyed, 
Then his knowledge reveals everything as the sun lights up everything in the daytime. I just want to say one thing. And then I, I thought it went in one ear out the other for me because I was just caught up when you said nations. I thought <laughs> there's something happens when we hit record because I literally, before we went on air, I was like, Priya, so what would you say if I asked you the definition of this? And you perfectly told me the word, the definition, and we hit record. And we're like, <laughs> I know, seriously, even when we do the testing of the sound, we're reading through the book. And you know how many times the word nations comes into this thing? We read it so many times. We're like... Nessians here, Nessians there. It's not in the science. Or is it Nessians? Oh, God. Right? I'm saying it wrong. I don't know. No, No? you're saying it good. Nessians. Very good. (gasps) But this is exactly, this verse is exactly what we were just talking about, right? right? When Mm -hmm. we have the power of knowledge, when we have the power of like these words that Krishna is giving to us, it says... The knowledge reveals everything as the mm-hmm. sun lights up uh, everything in the daytime. Yeah. Like how hard is it to find something at nighttime when you dropped it on the street, right? So hard, right? <laughs> so, yeah. But when the sun is out there, you can see everything clearly. Yeah. And that is what Krishna is giving us. He's giving us like the 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 light to see everything. Right. Yeah. And this everything, I wanted to kind of put it into a few like thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This everything is like, who is God? What is the relationship between mm-hmm. God and the soul or me? You know, what is the mm-hmm. process of reviving a connection between me and God? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the ultimate goal of life? Like right, all of right. these questions, all of these thoughts, these are the answers that the Bhagavad Gita has. <laughs> and this is all the knowledge. Yeah. Right? I thought back to our intro. Are you having a bad day? A happy day? Then this podcast is for you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So. And the purport also says after passing through many, many births, when one perfects knowledge, this knowledge of surrendering fully to Krishna or when one attains Krishna consciousness, that's basically what it means. We're conscious conscious of Krishna, then everything is revealed to him as everything is revealed by the sun in the daytime. And that's such a soothing thought because how many times we think, I don't get it. This doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. to me. But by, by the degree to which we surrender, information is revealed to us. And I want to pause there for one second, because this is an important point, because we live in a society in the West where we're used to like information coming from down up, meaning like from ourselves going out into the world. I, I do my master's thesis. I do my papers. I am the producer of this knowledge and I'm spewing it out. But in Eastern philosophy, it comes from the top downwards, meaning like it's coming from Krishna to us. So it's not that I'm going to think my way into realization. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it kind of follows a little bit of our, the Western belief too, because like we learn from our teachers, our teachers learn from their teachers, right? Like even in school, like let's say our college professors were once students who learned from their professors kind of thing, right? So it's like a similar concept with the Eastern philosophy. Yeah, But still where, the professors, the knowledge from the professors, I think kind of comes from them. Like, or I don't know, at least like my, well, no, I guess math everything is comes different. from like libraries, like even like uh, you experience Experiments, uh, knowledge comes from many sources, right? Depends what type, I guess, right? Science would be more experiments, but I'm thinking maybe more like the arts would be more the people, right? There's always authors of the papers. They're the, they're the, the source, the bona fide source on that subject. Yeah, I guess it depends. It's it's true though. Math, sciences. Yeah. There's like a lot of laws and equations that don't change, but I'm thinking maybe more like, I don't know. Yeah. You were thinking more about like your specific situation maybe. And I was thinking more about like the general educational system. Like generally as a student goes and learns, you know, elementary, middle, high school, university, and they might become a professor and then they teach. And so they started from, you know, right, and then right. they learn from people. Be, uh, but still that them. information they're learning, depending on what subject you're studying, right? Because you were thinking maybe sciences and stuff like that, where I agree, then it's being kind of like, okay, spread out, but maybe the liberal arts or different things like that. 
Good question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if you guys are done? <laughs> and, uh, but what does nescience mean? Did we talk about that? It means ignorance. Ignorance. Okay. Yeah. Nescience is destroyed. So ignorance is destroyed. The confusion is destroyed. Right, right, Sorry, yeah. right. Okay. That's fair. It's just like, I was just reading this and I wanted to know. So uh, can you let me know? Yeah. So basically from our understanding, Krishna consciousness is something that we learn from high. It comes right, from high right. and it goes all the way to us, right? And right. so... Um, it is in this purpose where they're talking about how the living entity is bewildered. And oftentimes right. they might even think they're God. And we see that, I mean, quite a bit with right. cults, maybe even. Uh, sorry, what, come, to, come again? <laughs> Did you say cults? Like cults. Cults. Right. Cults. Okay, got Am it. I not saying <laughs> the word? No, you're saying it. <laughs> okay, guys, I'm doubting all my English right now. So. Cults. Continue. Um, yeah, so you see that a lot with these self-proclaimed sort of gurus who think they are God, who right. kind of embody right. themselves as God, right? And and that's not our philosophy, right? A representative of God never claims that he is God. Right. Yeah. And right. if you hear somebody claim that they're, you run the other way, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. The, yeah, I like what you're saying because I'm looking at that exact part of the purport. It talks about the the importance of a bona fide spiritual master. Cause they say, yeah. even if a person might be in full knowledge and okay, I get, I'm not my body, but it's, it, and you know, it's transcendental, but you might still not be able to discriminate between what's the soul, what's the super soul. And how, how can I know everything if I don't take shelter of a bona fide spiritual master? And like Priya was saying, uh, yeah. A bona fide rep- meaning legit. Yeah, just exactly. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, just to clarify, it just means like someone Legit. who's been like, you know, like we just said, right? There's these cult leaders who will say that they're God or they're they're supposed to be the teachers, the messiahs, whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? Right. right? And like, right. how do we qualify when someone is actually supposed to be a leader, right? And um, we, we've talked about that before in one of our previous episodes. And it's it's the idea that they are... First of all, they will never claim to be God themselves because mm-hmm. they're representatives. And then they also have these other qualities such as they can control the tongue. So what they say and how they say it, right? Like it's, uh, I, I have to pull up the text specifically so I can. There's a lot of different qualities. Yeah, there's yeah. these qualities that you'll find also in the Nectar of Instruction if you ever want to look. It's like the first or second text. Um, And so... That's what they're describing here, right? So you don't just learn from anyone. You learn from someone who devotes their life. So it says, a representative of God never claims that he is God, although he is paid all the respect ordinarily paid to God because he has knowledge of God. Right, right. One has to learn the distinction between God and the living entity. Right. And I love this line, one can know God and one's relationship with God only when one actually meets a representative of God. And as Mm -hmm. we said, a representative of God never claims that he is actually God. Yep. That's why in this um, philosophy, it is so important to have a teacher, right? We're constantly learning from all different types of teachers, but to have a spiritual teacher that can actually help us with just the journey of our soul is very critical. Right. And there's one more theme actually in this purport about our individuality because the path of bhakti is so beautiful and unique that we're all individuals, even though we're little, like a droplet of the ocean is the same, comprised of the same elements as the ocean. Mm -hmm. It's still different because in many paths, they might say, we're all one, we're all God. But here it says, Lord Krishna states that every living being is individual and so is the Lord that he's individual. And I like this line. They were all individuals in the past, they're all individuals in the present, and they will continue to be individuals in the future, even after liberation. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it's it's a theme that keeps repeating about our individuality. And I think it does speak a little bit about this whole idea of like, we're all one and right. we're all the same. We're not. 
Right. We're not all the same. We have different natures. We have different karma. We have karma. We right. have and that's really important and special because that means we get to figure out what we're gonna do in our own path to Krishna ourselves, right? right? Mm-hmm. It gives us our free will and everything else. So right. we're not t- just a barcode. You know exactly. What I mean? exactly. Yeah. So to tie it back up to the beginning of this to the text, it says at night. We see everything as one in the Mm -hmm. darkness, but in the daytime, when the sun is up, we see everything in its real identity. Mm -hmm. So at night, it's all dark. You can't really see anything. The room just looks like one giant dark room. But when there's light, you can see that every single one of us has our own independent qualities, right? Right. Our own identities. Yeah. And identity with individuality in spiritual life is real knowledge. All right. Text number 17. Yes. Well said, ladies. Okay. (laughs) Chapter 5, text 17. When one's intelligence, mind, faith, and refuge are all fixed in the supreme, then one becomes fully cleansed of misgivings through complete knowledge and thus proceeds straight on the path of liberation. Okay, can you read it one more time? I was yes. about to ask the same thing. <laughs> yeah. When's one's sorry, when one's intelligence, mind, faith, and refuge are all fixed in the supreme, then one becomes fully cleansed of misgivings through complete knowledge, and thus proceeds straight on the mm. path of liberation. Mm. Break it down. What do we think they mean by misgivings? Fully cleansed of all misgivings. That's that I think is connected to the previous part where it says. Once we're situated and or enlightened in this true knowledge, then Krishna reveals everything. So many misgivings might be like, we are oh. God. Or oh, like r- thoughts that are not thoughts correct. Thoughts that are not right. correct. Okay, right. cool, cool, cool. Just to clarify. So it's saying when our intelligence, mind, and faith are all like, Krishna, you're it, then all these thoughts that we have that are not correct are clarified. Right, That's right. basically the gist, right? And then therefore our path to liberation becomes really bright and we know which way to go. Exactly. It's kind of like we've been traversing this difficult mountain, but when things line up, I kind of picture a slide, like the the obstacles come down and zoom, we just slide automatically to Krishna. Nice. I have this really cool thing, if you guys don't mind. Yeah, Mm -hmm, Um, It's kind of an explanation on the mind and the intelligence. Yes. So the mind is the storehouse of desires and memories. Mm, The mind is the storehouse of desires and memories. Yeah. So like the mind keeps all our desires and all our memories, okay? And then the intelligence is the faculty of discrimination. Right. So So intelligence is how we are able to discriminate in life What's like maybe I shouldn't eat a hundred croissants. That's, I was just gonna say that, right? Ah. The, mind, the mind is gonna say, "I want to eat a hundred croissants for breakfast," and the intelligence is gonna be like, "You're gonna have high cholesterol. <laughs> you shouldn't do that." Right? Those are the two different things. Is correct? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, and so basically, it's saying like, so if our desires are lined up with the way that we discriminate or make choices in life, if, if those things are lined up and our faith are all lined up with Krishna, then the path is going to be very clear. Right, right. right? So if our desires and the choices we make in life are lined up with Mm -hmm. Krishna, then our path becomes very clear. Like if our intelligence says, okay, Krishna is God, I need to spend my time building a relationship with him. Our mind also needs to rein in and be like, I need to do this for God. Right, right. Like the desires that we might have have to be like, okay, well, if I understand that Krishna is God, then even though on Sunday I might want to just like sleep Mm -hmm. all day, instead I should just go to the temple and like, like learn more. Exactly. It all has to line up because life is so fleeting and so short. And we might, before we know it, be old and think, man, why didn't I dedicate more time to this? Which this is really actually real because at the end of our lives, when we look back, we can realize 
So many things that I thought were important now when I'm about to leave this world really aren't important. That's when the fear Mm. hits you of what's next. So rather than wait till the end, like Priya said, use your intelligence to discriminate. Is this going to help me on my spiritual path, which is really the realest thing I can invest my energy into? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I love Krishna's use of the word faith in this, right? Mm -hmm. So he names four things that need to be focused on him, right? Intelligence, mind, faith, and refuge. I think faith is so important. It's like, Shalmi, when you were saying is like when your school was going through a tragedy Mm -hmm. and like everyone's like, why did this happen? I can't believe this happened. Your faith was not Mm -hmm. wavering, right? And Mm -hmm. I think that's so important is like faith... I think a person who is spiritual cannot have faith and anxiety at the same time, right? Because if you have too much worry, then you're not having faith in Krishna's plan, right? right. And so it's right. it's really, all of these things are very hard to have focus on Krishna, but it's this this notion of practice makes perfect with all of these things. Yeah. And also the really cool thing about faith is I think for us, it is strengthened by knowledge. I, I, yes. I don't know what I was going to say. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Because sometimes people are like, well, should I just be blindly uh-huh. faithful of something, no, right? No. Yep. And like Krishna's like, no, let me just tell you how it works. And therefore yeah. you can understand and mm-hmm. be comfortable in that knowledge and have peaceful faith, if that exactly. makes sense, yeah. right? I, yeah, totally. Because everyone else at, at my school, maybe they didn't have the answers or the knowledge to back up that faith. Yeah. So their faith was was shattered a little, shaken, yep. shaken so to speak. at least. Yeah. Yeah, at least. Some of the some of them looked a little shattered. I don't know. No, they were it, staring out into the <laughs> abyss like oh, It's true God. though, right? It's not it's not like Krishna is this this God that's like, I'm the dictator, you must right. love me. This right. is you must dedicate everything blindly. No. He's also right. giving us so much evidence throughout right, this entire right. book on how to build faith. Right. It might take an initial leap of faith, like, okay, I'm going to really give this process a try. Yes, absolutely. Take the plunge. Absolutely. Go for yeah. it. In and that I think sense. that's what refuge means, uh-huh. right? Because refuge is kind that. of like understanding that he gots you. Yeah. He gots you. <laughs> exactly. Like he's just going to try and he gots you. And, like, right, and right. so I think that's what that one word at the end there is, right? So you have your mind of like what your desires are. You have your intelligence, mm-hmm. which is like helps you discriminate which way to go. And right. then faith, which is backed up with knowledge, mm. right? So right. like you're all the way in and you're like, all right, now all I have to believe is that like he has my back and I will take refuge under him. Love right? that. That's right. beautifully said. Right. And there's a beautiful part of the purport, which I just want to dip into. Uh, the supreme transcendental truth or like the ultimate truth that goes beyond this material world is Lord Krishna. The whole Bhagavad Gita centers around the declaration that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead, mm. of the spiritual world, of the spirit of heaven, in other words, yeah. many synonyms. That <laughs> is the version of all Vedic literature. So basically, you know, Krishna is everything. And there's one thing I just want to say here, because it says, um, there is nothing more than that. That's one line in the purport. Like there's nothing more than Krishna. So- bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, <laughs> that's essentially what he's saying. That is that is it. Yeah, every page you're gonna see the word Krishna for a reason because the answers are all Krishna and what Krishna has to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there can be nothing more that we have that doesn't come from our source because if you think about it, the source contains it all, all the variety, all the flavor that you'll see in this world. So we cannot have something that Krishna does not have. Yeah, and he's proving he's the source by giving us all this information that where else would you get it? Mm-hmm. Like where else would you understand? I honestly think about this sometimes. There's like podcasts I listen to and sometimes they get existential and they're not about existential thought topics at all, right? Like there's these <laughs> podcasts on like just random shows or whatever. But there'll be like, do you ever think about what happens after death? 
and they don't have answers. Ah, you that'd know? be so and, hard. And I just can't imagine, like, it, I, if I think about myself and, like, the great position that I was in about being born in this movement and having all the answers from pretty much a really young age. Like, but if lucky. I put myself somewhere else, right. like, as I've never experienced this, right? Like someone, like, for example, you, Shama, mm-hmm. who grew up without mm-hmm. it. I would be like, where do I even get the answers, Oof, right? Like, so where do I even get them? Because I have all these questions, but there's so much knowledge out there. There's so much misinformation. There's right. so, so yes. many things that you can Fake get. News. And so it's like, I'm so grateful that I have this book and I can read it and understand it and clarify a lot of my doubts. And it makes sense, right, you right. know? Yeah. One last thing I want to add that uh, about the topic of faith and how grateful we are for this this particular book and these answers within Bhakti Yoga. Srila Prabhupada, you know, who brought all of this knowledge to the West, he says something along the lines of like, uh, religion without philosophy is speculation, but philosophy without religion is kind of, I forgot the word he Ooh, used, but it's like going in circles. You know about. what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there was a, there was actually a, a philosopher, uh, not Srila Prabhupada that talked about uh, religion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Philosophy without religion is sentimentalism. So basically it's kind of like, you know, religion gives the direction of the philosophy. If not, we're just going in circles. What what direction are we, what goal are we trying to reach if we don't have the direction provided by religion? We're just philosophizing about this, philosophizing about that, but to no end, you know, what, what are we trying to do with that? So you need both hand in hand. So I think Bhakti Yoga provides just such a beautiful, you know, coupling of both aspects. Yeah. I so, love that. Anything else? So just intelligence? Sex? Yes. Which These four important things. Very four important, important things. things, right? So intelligence, which is how we make decisions and which direction we're going. Mind, which is our desires. Mm-hmm. Faith, which we understand is backed up by knowledge given to this Bhagavad Gita, by this Bhagavad Gita. And then refuge uh, all lead us to a much nicer straight path for liberation. And this is an entire life's journey. (laughs) To to get all of these four ducks in a row (laughs) is literally what we're supposed to do with our entire life. Or lives. Or or many, many lifetimes, (laughs) right? right? Like getting these four ducks in a row is the name of the game. And you know what's the coolest thing, though? We talked a lot about karma and situations that arise in our lives. They're all to push us to our highest evolution and ultimate growth. So everything that happens is to teach us the lessons that we haven't learned yet. And if we don't get the lesson in one situation, you better believe something similar in your life will pop up to teach you the same lesson again and again until you get it. So So hopefully you hear it today and you like keep it in mind, write it on a bulletin board, write it somewhere for yourself, remind yourself of the growth of the where, where you want to be. And then that way you don't have life throwing all these difficulties at you to teach you the same lessons. Yes, (laughs) that's so real. So thank you guys so much for listening. And that has been our episode. And uh, please join us next time for the next episode. See you later. Bye. Bye. beautiful souls if you like what you're hearing please follow us on instagram at modern yogi podcast and if you love what you're hearing please make sure to share a link to our podcast at modern yogi podcast with all your friends families and long lost cousins and if you have any questions at all send us a dm on instagram at modern yogi podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you thank you for listening to the The Modern modern yogi